0: Can you name a city that hosted a game at the 2002 World Cup? She would say Tokyo. Out straight away.
1: Whoa! What? Oh, what <laughs> are the greatest answers of all time?
2: OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7:30 on the OTB Sports app. O-T-B-, OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating
0: bar. Uh, we are turning our attention to football. A bit of an update on the transfer window with Daniel Harris. Daniel, good morning to you. Hello. Manchester United, they've been uh, doing a bit of business, a bit of Dutch business. They've got a new left-back en route, Tyrell Malaysia from Feyenoord. Have you seen this guy play? How good is he?
2: Uh, I saw him play in the conference league final. So uh, obviously enough to go and paste, paste my opinion about everything <laughs> about him all over the internet. But he actually he actually played well in that game. I think that it's interesting that United have gone for a left back because when you look at the squad, one would be nice, but that wasn't an urgent need. So I think we can probably assume that that, um, Ten Hag thinks he's particularly good because when you look at the squad, as I said, they've got Tevez who isn't good enough and Shaw who can be good enough, but it wouldn't be the most obvious place for need in the squad. So I think that what's happened is that at the price, United just consider him too good to pass up. So that would be my guess as to why they've gone for him.
0: So when it comes to the other options that are uh, going to be coming to, to Manchester United this year we might uh, go through some of them in just a moment but just to touch on Frankie de Jong um, like I guess when you look at some of the, the departures in that uh, department you've got Juan Matt and Emmanuel Matic, Paul Pogba all leaving the club this summer Frankie de Jong is not just somebody to, to bolster the numbers he's somebody who's going to transform that midfield or at least that is the, the hope when Manchester United complete this bit of business
2: yeah, I think so. I mean, it looks like United have basically got very lucky that because de Jong is a much better, more established player than you would expect would sign for United at this point. And let's be real, he's not signing for United particularly because it's United. He's signing for United because Barcelona don't want him and he wants to play for Ten Hag. But yeah, I think what will happen is Ten Hag wants him as kind of the centerpiece of the rebuild because he's the kind of player you can, around whom you can build a style of play. I do find it slightly surprising that he looks like being the only sort of deep-lying midfielder United are going to sign because Tenas has previously said that De Jong, because he likes to go on adventures around the pitch, he's not someone you can play as a number six on his own. And so United still don't have that player to sit in front of the back four next to where De Jong's likely to go. And to me, that would have been my priority. When I look at the squad, I can obviously see just as many holes as everyone else does but I would have started with two midfield players, De Jong and someone to do the donkey work next to De Jong and a right-back would be where I'd go next after that. It doesn't look like that's what Tanakh is going to do because he's already in the process of signing a left-back. He looks like he's going to sign De Jong, so that's that one midfield player, but otherwise, the players that it looks like United are signing are Mar- they're trying to sign Martinez, having tried to sign Timber, and they're trying to sign Anthony, who will all fill gaps in the squad if, if they're good, but it wouldn't be where I would have gone trying to sort out the first team in the immediate term
0: I spoke to you soon about the rugby a moment ago Ireland did have time to concede another try it is 32 points to 10 to the Maori All Blacks and um, yeah, not so much of a warm-up game, but as maybe a wake-up game for Ireland before the All Blacks on Saturday. That is a pretty extraordinary halftime scoreline there. Uh, Daniel, just on that midfield question, so what's your gut feeling about what Manchester United's midfield will look like next season? Whether or not there is another addition to partner De Jong in there or not?
2: Uh, I'm not sure because it's, it, let's, say, let's say they were to sign Martinez. So Martinez can play left-back, centre-back and defensive midfield. He's not going to play left-back because they've just signed another left-back. So they might potentially play Martinez there, except for the fact that he played every game at centre-back for Ajax last season. Mohamed was their player of the year, so it would seem strange to go and stick him somewhere else. So if we assume that were they to sign Martinez, he'd be playing centre-back, which seems a fair assumption to make, then... You're looking at Fred or McTominay again. But I guess it will be slightly different because you would hope that the manner in which United will play will be slightly more defined than it has been before. And the instructions they'll be given will be slightly more specific than they have done before. And that's even before we start talking about potentially Christian Eriksen turning up as well, which currently we don't know what he's going to do. But I don't think that you'd get away with the midfield of De Jong, Eriksen and Bruno. It feels more like Eriksen would be... Someone you'd play instead of Bruno. Sometimes you might play him off the right. Sometimes, particularly if you were to get him and not get Anthony. But I think that you're still looking at another season of Fred and McTominay. Whereas for me, looking at the squad, that would be one. That would be basically the first thing I would be seeking to avoid. I think Fred and McTominay both have attributes, but. When you um, ultimately, when it comes down to it, neither of them are good enough to take United where they want to be. So I would have been looking to replace those two and have them as uh, subs, rotation players, whatever you want to call it That's
1: that's that's the thing, isn't it, Daniel? It's like that's that fulcrum, that engine room of the team, where you know, I guess, where all the uh, the energy comes from. And that, to me, I completely agree with you. Like, are, are the are these players readily available to fill in those slots? Because you can tell neither of them is good enough for it.
2: Yeah, well, that's, that's the other thing. I mean, if I'd say on Fred McTominay, if you put, if they were the worst player in a good team, they would be adequate in mm. most games, I think. And we've seen them. We've seen both of them be excellent in big games. They both play really well against Manchester City before, for example. And so they do, they, they do have attributes. But I think when I look at United's team, and when I think, well... They need to score more goals, they didn't score enough goals last season, anywhere near enough goals last season, they need a right-sided attacker. And when I look at the defence and I think, well, Maguire's a bit slow, he's never going to get to the level that United want him to be. There is no acceptable right-back in the squad currently. My thinking would be, well, if you buy two midfield players, De Jong and another player of equivalent quality or as good as you can get, and Bruno, then you're starting to look at a midfield that will enable you to control games. And if you control games and you're taking the pressure off the defence, the defence is going to have a lot less to do because there aren't going to be opponents striding through the midfield like there's no one there. And also, you're going to create way more chances because there's just going to be so much. You're going to have so much more of the ball. The attackers are going to get the ball. They're going to get the ball in better areas. So that would be be my rationale. But I guess the way Ten Hag might look at it is that if the players, players of the quality he wants aren't available... Then he's not going to go and sign players who aren't really good enough. That might be a little bit better than what you've got, because he won't be looking at it just in terms of next season. He'll be looking at it in terms of he wants to stay here for five or ten years or whatever and build something proper. So he knows that he's not going to solve all the problems in the first summer, which I also completely understand. So I do, I do see his perspective, but. I find it, yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand what he's planning to do at right-back. That, 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 that we were, Even if we move on from the midfield, where we can, if he thinks, well, there isn't a good enough player to play next to De Jong that he can get this summer, and he thinks he can fill in other gaps, then I, I would understand that. But he, he's told wan he can go, and that just leaves you with Dallow, who we know isn't good enough. Perhaps Ten Hag thinks he can improve him with coaching. Perhaps he's going to have a look at Ethan Laird. It's. Hot, I'm not quite sure. Perhaps when they find a buyer for Wan-Bissaka, then they might feel they can, that he's allowed to go out and get a right-back. I'm not sure. But I understand what he's doing, but it wouldn't be what I do. It wouldn't be what I do, but then I think we can all say quite safely that Tenech knows more about building football teams than me. So, fair enough.
0: Are you, are you optimistic that he's going to produce something from Donny van der Beek this season?
2: Uh, not particularly. Uh, I think... Because I, d- I don't see where van der Beek fits in to United's best team. He can, if he produces his best season, to me, it's still unlikely to be better than an average season off for Bruno. But he'll be handy to have around if, with a, a manager who at least understands how to get the best out of him. When I look at Donny van der Beek, I've, just, I've seen so little from him in, that tells me that he's good enough to play at United. Where, like, he, he's a player who I find it much too easy to forget is on the pitch. And that's not something you want in a midfield player. But the kind of midfield player that he is, is he's someone who you're more likely to see arriving into the box who perhaps you haven't seen get there. And I'm not sure how a team like United would be able to carry someone who doesn't contribute enough. I mean... Perhaps he'll get a go next to De Jong at the base of the midfield and United will become the best United teams, the best Fergie teams have all been power teams. And perhaps Ten Hag is building a possession team. And then then someone like van der Beek might be more useful in a possession team because physically he's not big enough or strong enough or fast enough or athletic enough to play midfield in a team that are looking to outrun the opposition, overpower the opposition physically in a way that, say, Liverpool do. They're a power team but Ten Hag maybe is trying to build a, a possession team, which is more like City. And I mean, personally, if I, I'd much prefer to watch a power team than the possession team. Team's team is always trying to do something, that's making it a physical contest. But the players that, um, that Ten Hag is trying to sign, it doesn't look like that's what he's trying to do. And perhaps in a possession team, then someone like Van der Beek is more useful because he's obviously an intelligent player with decent technical ability. But... If United were to find Ericsson as well, then you would begin to wonder what exactly van der Beek would ever get picked for.
0: Since we're talking about Manchester United midfielders, I have to ask you, did you watch the Pogmentary?
2: Uh, no, I did not. I've watched quite enough of Paul Pogba, thank you. Are you going to miss him? Uh, no, he's, I mean, he's not there half the time. Mm. I, think, I mean, it's a shame with Pogba, and I think that it's very easy, like, you can't blame everything that happened at United, when Pogba was there, on Pogba, that United sold him a pub. They told him it was going to be one way that they, that he would turn up and he'd be sort of the player that you might build around. But United were building properly to become good again. And really, I mean, the managers were at fault as well because they signed like they were signing bad players. But they didn't give either manager that Pogba played for. They didn't give Solskjaer, They didn't give. Um, they didn't give Mourinho actually enough money to make United to take United to where they needed to be, because I think of all the, all the post-Fergie managers, the biggest disaster of all of them, even though they, the, they won the FA Cup, was, uh, was Van Gaal. Like Van Gaal sold loads of good players for nothing and bought loads of crap players for loads of money, and, and he also managed to ruin a deal for Tony Kroos that, that Moyes had set up. And so the damage that Van Gaal had done meant that in order to repair that damage, A significant amount of money was required and although Mourinho did get quite a lot of money which he wasted it wasn't really enough money to actually do what needed to be done and the same with Ole so what they told Pogba was going to be the case wasn't in fact the case but what Pogba gave to United was way way less than what Pogba should have been able to give to United what a player of that ability an athlete of that quality someone who had done it at the highest level um, what he what he was able to give was not enough, and also he was just quite injury prone like he seemed to miss like three months every season and that 's also quite a lot of time when you can 't have a crucial player who constantly does that because then Any player of serious quality, when you miss them, they're not there. When they're not there, you miss them, and you're never going to have someone as good to bring in to replace them. And so if that player is absent a lot, then it is going to make a difference. And that's obviously not something the public could do anything about either, but it's one of the major reasons, I think, why he didn't do well at United. He had a period under Mourinho when United were just getting good, looked like they were getting good, and he was playing really well. He got injured at Arsenal, I think. He got sent off at Arsenal, I think, and then that was basically the end of it. He was never that good again. So, no, in short, I will not miss Paul Pogba. I'm sure Paul Pogba won't miss United either. And I imagine that he'll enjoy himself more in Serie A because in the same way Romelu Lukaku does because the standard's not as high as in the Premier League. The game's a bit slower. And he can do what he did the last time he was at Juventus where he had good players around him who were better than the opposition, which enables him to just do the fancy stuff that only he can do because he has got incredible touch, incredible imagination, incredible physicality. But in the Premier League, he didn't really have the intensity to turn it on every week. And when the funny, the flash, the, the clever stuff wasn't coming off, to still be the excellent player that he has, absolutely has the talent to be.
1: Yeah, because I, th- I think that's the thing. Like he's he's he looks so good at times, but I'd I agree with Daniel that like week in week out, he's not good enough uh, to be that ten out of ten Premier League player. But is he almost Daniel like a poster boy? Why? for why so many people have sort of fallen out of love with modern football
2: no no absolutely not no uh no i don't think that at all like he's he's brought a lot of joy to a lot of people in some ways paul pogba is right represents a lot of what's good about modern football because it's just he's a different way of thinking about the game that he's just an unbelievable athlete with an unbelievable touch and unbelievable imagination and there haven't in the history of football like there haven't been that many players like that and I think in this generation we're seeing more and more of that we're seeing players who just are great at everything in the same way that you see goalkeepers that can drill a pass 50 yards and all the defenders can play as well like the skill level of uh, football has gone up and Paul Pogba is someone who represents that because he's he's also he's like a cage footballer who's grown up playing football in confined spaces so he has incredible feet and as I said, he's an, he, he's an amazing athlete. So in a lot of ways, he's a poster boy for what's good about the game. It's just as I think, as a bloke, his mentality is not necessarily the mentality that you you see in a lot of elite level athletes. Like he doesn't have that remorseless, relentless intensity that say Mohamed Salah has or Sadio Mane has he, he, he loves football he loves playing he loves doing skills but he's not he, he's not he doesn't have that that nastiness that cruelty that the best players have I don't think
0: Johnny you obviously think that he is one of the reasons why people are falling out with I just
1: like Daniel's like completely uh, you know indignant response to that but I, I get his <laughs> points I, I actually love Pogba as a player but I think just a guy who's on so much money who just you know has been so hit and miss for man united is almost like i think he's definitely the poster boy for you know their demise in recent years i think people just look at paul pogba and think why should i care like you know because he clearly doesn't uh,
2: i don't i don't think it's right to say he doesn't care i think he does care I, no one like no one wants to go out onto the pitch and come off feeling that they've not given their best or that they phoned it in or that they've made mistakes or that people are getting on their backs so i don't think i don't think anyone wants that it's just that when we talk about what it takes to be a footballer, I mean, we usually call it talent. We say that, yeah, is extremely talented, but the ability to perform relentlessly at the top level is a different kind of talent, but it's something that most of us don't have. And one of the things that separates elite-level athletes, not just footballers, elite-level athletes from everyone else, is the ability to constantly go to the well, go to the well, perform under pressure and... It's almost, it's almost like an illness. That kind of—I mean, obviously, the, the person who's sort of most famous for it is Roy Keane. But if you look, if you look through, look at the players that Liverpool have. Like they have, like Jordan Henderson, like those, uh, Andy Robertson, like that kind of that kind of thing. That the ability to do that is is rare. And Fergie and Jurgen Klopp, in particular, people who Mourinho, another one, who collect players who do that kind of thing. But they're hard to find those players. And not having that doesn't mean that you're lazy or you don't care or you can't be bothered necessarily. It means that mentally you don't have that talent in the way that technically Scott McTominay doesn't have Pogba's talent, mm. but he has more drive.
1: I think um, it'll be if, he, if he takes, uh, when he's playing for Juve in Europe next season against an English club, I think there will be the, those flickers of greatness. I, I, I agree with Daniel. I think Italian football will completely suit him way more.
0: Mm.
2: And it's because when he when he was at Italy when he was in Italy before he played in midfield with Piero Marquisio mm. and those are top players with drive. So that then and he was in the best team in the league. But that then enabled him to, to do his thing because the drive was supplied by other people. So if, United, if you put Pogba in a great United team, then you'd see a lot more out of him because what you're looking to do in the team is like, like you're meshing different, different talents, different abilities on the ball, and also different kinds of personality. And the problem that Pogba had at United was not just him, although he was a problem, it was the other players who, did ha- who didn't compensate for the drive that he doesn't have what to, that would then allow him to compensate for the lack of technique some of them had and um, to build him a platform to perform. But then, I guess, what also happened to Pogba and in some ways the worst thing that happened to Pogba was United signed Bruno Fernandes who totally market corrected what could be expected of Pogba because the numbers he was putting up were just so far in excess of Pogba's numbers and not only that, he also put in a shift for you. And then at that point, it's, Pogba had a problem because after, after lockdown... United were able to play both of them because no one was fit. So they went on that great run when they after lockdown and got into Europe because they played they could play a to match Pogba and Bruno, even though one of those can't run, one of those doesn't like running and the other one gives the ball away loads to and things because no one was fit. No coincidence that Anthony Martial was also brilliant in that period. And that, so but then subsequent to that, it was just it sort of became impossible to carry Pogba and Bruno in the same team because There wasn't in that like Pogba doesn't give you enough running, he's not on the ball often enough, he's not he's not making sure that the game doesn't pass him by. And Bruno is Bruno is there to do the job that Pogba was meant to do, but just doing it much, much better. And then at that point Pogba became a real problem because then the question is how do you get him into the team? So try and get him onto into the team on the left wing, which means doesn't need to do as much running. But then when you want someone who can go on the outside or to threaten him behind, he can't do that for you. So Pogba's someone who really if you put him in a team you need to think very carefully about what's going on in the rest of the team and United weren't really able to do that but Juve can Juve will be able to build around Pogba much more easily because of the way that Italian football is and Juve's position in Italian football
0: Daniel Harris enjoy the rest of this off season take care you
2: too guys see you again guys thanks, thanks for having thanks Everyone. OTB AM with Gillette Get into your flow with the new Gillette Lobs Razor with Exfoliating Bar.